Hi everyone, Tommy here, to let you know that the St. Dimpna's Playbook book is now available from Ave Maria Press. You can order wherever books and ebooks are sold. We'll put a link to the book on Ave's website in the show notes so you can go and check it out and use the code BEWELL, all one word, to get 25% off. Thanks so much! Josephine Bakita once said, If we had no hope in the Lord, what would we do in this world? Welcome to the 103rd episode of St. Dimphna's Playbook, the SDP, if you want to be cool, a production of the Grexley Podcast Network. My name is Tommy. I'm a cradle Catholic, a marriage and family therapist, a husband and father of five boys, four on earth, one in heaven. Love you, Luke. And I'm here to fill the void of Catholic conversations about mental health because I want all of us to remember that there is hope in the Lord, no matter how dark the present moment may be. We like to kick it off around here with a quick refresh of our notifications. It's time for St. Dymphna's Mentions. I received a great topic idea for this week's episode, How Can Catholics Responsibly Use Social Media While Protecting Their Mental Health? So this is such a great question and such a very important topic for all of us. You're probably listening to this podcast because you saw it come across your social media feed, and that's wonderful. Many of us can look at our experience on social media with joy because of the friendships we've made, the things we've learned, the perspectives we gained. It can be a tremendous tool in our lives. At the same time, every one of us has also experienced the other side of social media, the anxiety, the depressed mood, the comparisons, the viewing of terrible ideas that can actually harm our mental health. There's a lot of bad out there to mix in with the good that we've experienced. One tip to start with is to take a moment to know ourselves. What are the things that trigger us on social media? What are the topics or accounts that have robbed us of our good mental health and well-being? And we have to trust ourselves by setting things up to avoid those topics and accounts. I know we all block and mute and then go around and look when a discourse is about because we don't want to miss out, but we have to trust ourselves and stay behind that block. It isn't worth it. All we're missing out on is negativity and anxiety. Next to remember, take breaks. Experience the real world, real conversations, real presence with people around us, and pray. A lot of prayer time gets sucked up into scrolling through social media, and for what? We're mostly not growing closer to God online. We should all be able to admit that. And it would be better to spend that time, at least part of that time, if we put our phones down and turn to prayer. This is as much for me as for anyone listening, because this is a big struggle in my own daily life, so no blame or judgment, trust me. The last bit of advice that I have found quite helpful is to post less. I know, I know, everything is content, and we want to make sure to capture every good tweet that pops into our minds, but I find that when I post a lot, I spend a lot of time worrying about how those posts will be received. Did people understand my joke? Did people get the, did I, did I get enough likes? Are people trolling me? When I intentionally post less often, I have a whole lot less of that and find that I can enjoy social media a lot more. Less posting equals a more fruitful experience. I could say a lot more, but but hopefully this is enough to get us started. And this might be a topic worth devoting an entire episode to at some point. So each episode, I'm going to introduce you to a saint who can help us along our journey with mental health and wellness as Catholics. It's called Friend Request, and today I'm going to introduce you to Blessed Bartholomew of Vicenza. 
in 1200 in Italy, Bartholomew studied in Padua and received the habit of his order from the hands of St. Dominic himself at the ripe old age of 20. We'll get help from Franciscan media here for more. As a young priest, he founded a military order whose purpose was to keep civil peace in towns throughout Italy. In 1248, Bartholomew was appointed a bishop. For most, such an appointment is an honor and a tribute to their holiness and their demonstrated leadership skills. But for Bartholomew, it was actually a form of exile that had been urged by an anti-papal group that was only too happy to see him leave. Not many years later, however, Bartholomew was transferred back. During his years as bishop, Bartholomew befriended King Louis IX of France, who is said to have given the holy bishop a relic of Christ's crown of thorns. We like to close out this part of the podcast with a prayer. Almighty, ever-living God, who chose blessed Bartholomew to preside as bishop over your holy people, we pray that by his merits you may bestow on us the grace of your loving kindness through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. And now you can't do therapy over Twitter, but I'm happy to take your tweets and help you explore a bit in the hopes of finding a light in the darkness. It's time for Twitter therapy. Anonymous gets us started. How can Catholics best deal emotionally and mentally with the political divisiveness in this country? Is it okay to shut off the news, at least temporarily, to keep your mental health intact? Let's start by joining in prayer together for Anonymous and for all of us who find our current political discourse and news in general to be too much to take. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you so much for this question, Anonymous. And to answer your last bit first, by all means, yes, it is absolutely okay to shut off the news to keep our mental health intact. There is no requirement for us to engage in the news of the nation, especially when most of it is focused on how divided we are and isn't really helpful for us in our day-to-day lives. So please take care of yourself and feel at peace with turning it off. When we are involving ourselves with the news, however, and want to maintain our own peace and emotional well-being at the same time, we've got to take an active role in keeping ourselves healthy. And for that, we'll look to some ideas from the team at Northwestern Medicine. Number one, avoid triggering topics in the news. When a personal connection exists within the news, it can heighten the stress that you feel. If you notice certain channels or outlets covering a triggering topic to you, it might be smart to take a break from those sources. You can also mute triggering words or phrases on certain social media platforms. Number two, limit your news consumption. With smartphone news apps and alerts, there is a colossal amount of information available at your fingertips. It is healthy to have an interest in news and current events, but developing obsessive habits of consuming news and information can be dangerous for your mental health. Number three, be cognizant of your social media use. Social media can intensify the effects that you feel from the news and information overload. There's always some sort of new item that's going to show up in your social media feed, which can be a problem. Make sure you exhibit self-control when it comes to social media use and consider deleting apps to give yourself a mental break. Number four, practice good stress management. Regular exercise, sufficient sleep, and proper nutrition can all help combat stress. If you find that your phone is causing anxiety, turn it off and live unplugged for short periods of time. Number five, understand that it's normal. Regardless of what you call it, it's a very common phenomenon nowadays. We're in a very uncertain times, and times of uncertainty tend to be very anxiety-provoking for us. 
All right, I hope all that helps. We'll be praying for you. Rich is up next. I'd love to listen to a discussion on how married Catholics should live. Specifically, how do we grow holier in a consumer-driven culture? Should we not have smartphones? Should we remove ourselves from the consumer-driven part as much as possible? And if so, how? I can't help but think of Pope Francis saying something along the lines of, we are surrounded by so many consumer goods here while many people around the world look on at a distance in abject poverty. Let's start by praying for Rich and all of us trying to find a way to exist in this world of excess when we're called by Christ to live a life detached from it all. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. First of all, I just want to say what a witness you are in this world of excess and everything being at our fingertips all the time. Just the fact that you're thinking about this means you're on the right track and God is moving in your heart. So thank you again. The question of how should we grow holier in a consumer-driven culture is one that all of us have asked ourselves and one that most of us are still trying to figure out, including what you brought up and how far do we need to go to practically uh, remove ourselves in line with the ideas of Pope Francis. I think the Catholic idea of voluntary poverty is applicable here, so let's take a moment to explore what that means for us. We'll start with a bit from Servant of God Dorothy Day back in 1947. Love of brother means voluntary poverty, stripping oneself, putting off the old man, denying oneself, etc., It also means non-participation in those comforts and luxuries which have been manufactured by the exploitation of others. While our brothers suffer, we must suffer with them. While our brothers suffer from lack of necessities, we will refuse to enjoy comforts. These resolutions, no matter how hard they are to live up to, no matter how often we fail and have to begin over again, are a part of the vision and long range which Peter Morin has been trying to give us these past 10 years. And we must keep this vision in mind, recognize the truth of it, the necessity for it, even though we do not, cannot live up to it. Like perfection, we are ordered to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, and we aim at it in our intention, though in our execution we may fall short of the mark over and over. St. Paul says, it is by little and by little that we proceed. And one quick quote from the man who helped Dorothy find what she was looking for and joined her in founding the Catholic worker, Peter Morin. Voluntary poverty is the answer. Through voluntary poverty, others will be induced to help their brothers. We cannot see our brother in need without stripping ourselves. It is the only way we have of showing our love. So back to me. Down through the history of the church, many of the greatest saints have found voluntary poverty as a key to spiritual progress. And I think it's something that we've lost as Catholics, quite frankly, but something we really need to fight to reclaim. So would voluntary poverty necessitate a married couple in the year 2021 not having smartphones? Maybe but maybe not. Perhaps it would mean being content with an older phone instead of always having to upgrade to the next big thing. Maybe it means taking stock of what we actually need and not letting our wants drive what we have, what we buy, etc. As Dorothy says, voluntary poverty is our aim. We remain focused on that ideal even though we know we will fail. 
we will buy that one thing off Amazon that we don't need because it's so easy to purchase and we're humans after all. But if we try and we keep the ideas of voluntary poverty at the front of our minds as often as possible, we will slowly move toward that ideal, which that's exactly what holiness is, slowly moving toward perfection, even though we fail multiple times along the way. And through embracing voluntary poverty, even in small ways that might only be known to us, we also grow closer to those living in abject poverty that you mentioned in connection with the thoughts of Pope Francis. I hope that helps a little bit. I would encourage you to check out some of Dorothy Day's books or perhaps keeping the idea of voluntary and poverty in mind, reading some of the articles posted for free on the Catholic Worker website. God bless. Andy wraps us up. My godson is autistic. I pray for him daily. But what can I do to help encourage his relationship with Christ? He isn't severely autistic, but definitely needs help. So let's start by joining together in prayer for Andy, his godson, and everyone living on the spectrum and those who love them. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. First of all, I have to say what a beautiful blessing it is that you pray daily for your godson and are focused on what you can do to help him with the faith. An absolute beautiful witness that reminds even me that I need to push myself to be a better godparent. So thank you very much. This is such an important topic and one that the church has to start addressing, both by helping guide all of us as we try to help our loved ones, and by helping to create an environment at Mass and in parish ministry that helps everyone feel comfortable. Here's a little bit from Tom Gallagher at the National Catholic Reporter. Two dioceses have developed programs that model how the church can welcome families with autistic children with the goal of greater inclusion and preparation for and reception of the sacraments. And Masters began researching autism and turned to experts from the community. Like St. Paul, I tried to identify and use the gifts of the community, she said. She created an advisory board of 15 people with expertise in behavioral sciences, languages, catechetical training, and related fields. Masters said her driving ambition was twofold. One, to affirm the baptism of people with disabilities as members of the church, and to teach parishes and catechists to include disabled people in the celebration of the Eucharist and in religious education. To foster this, Masters designed learning aids. She created attend mass materials that parents can download and personalize. She created 10 parent-to-parent tips for inclusion in the parish. For example, the tips encourage parents to meet with the pastor in advance, provide educational materials on autism for the parish, practice parts of the mass with their child, and come prepared with an effective but discreet motivation strategy to delimit distracting or disruptive behaviors. So, I took a look at some of these materials referenced here, and they're great, and they're definitely worth exploring and seeing if you can help as well. You can find them by Googling Attend Mass Autism at the Archdiocese of Newark website. It's like the top hit when you Google it. My last little idea is to show the love of Christ to your godson all the time. So often, those of us living with neurocognitive differences are treated as other, and that can be so painful, so unhelpful, and just being there to show love, unconditional love, no matter matter what, can do more for planting the seeds of faith than anything else. That love is the best thing you can do to help foster a relationship with Christ. Just know that we'll be praying for you and your Godson. 
All right, everyone, that's it for today's episode. Remember, you can email, DM, or tweet your questions and situations if you'd like me to address them in a future episode. I'd be happy to keep you anonymous or not, whatever you want. Be sure to check out patreon.com slash grexley to see all the great things they've got going on over there and support the cause. Until next time, go easy on yourselves. Take care of yourselves. And if you feel like you're in a place where you can't even bring yourself to pray, don't worry. I'll be praying for you. And so will St. Dymphna. 